You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecock Show. I am your host, Matt Anderson. I'm happy to have you in um, tonight. Gamecocks have a, a big, big f- football and basketball weekend coming up, um, starting with the Gamecock men's basketball team facing off against Virginia Tech. Uh, Friday night, that game is scheduled for 9.30 p.m., so it's going to be a bit of a bit of a late night for Gamecock fans, especially as they wake up and get up early to head to Williams-Brice Stadium for a noon kickoff against Vanderbilt on Saturday. Um, a lot of stuff going on right now in Gamecock athletics. I'm really excited that we have you know multiple sports that are happening on campus right now. Um, the men's soccer team had a really, really good run here recently. Um, defeated the number one team in either the conference or the country. I can't remember. Um, got women's basketball, obviously having a, a humongous win over against a fellow top 10 ranked Notre Dame in um, Paris, France. So everything's looking up right now for the Gamecocks. Um, obviously, the Gamecocks men's basketball team had a had a really good um, opening opening night against USC Upstate. I hope you were able to watch that Monday night. College basketball is now in full swing. Just a, a lot going on right now um, at in Columbia and, and around the country, and, and that's always exciting when we have multiple sports that are happening at the same time. Um, I would be remiss if I did not mention that the baseball team has their Garnet and Black um, World Series going on right now, so that that's pretty awesome. Um, if you want additional coverage on the baseball team right now, I highly encourage you to join the Big Spur. Uh, John Whittle has been all over it so far. When it comes to what's happening with the men's baseball program, obviously the the baseball program and the softball program both signed um, top fifteen recruiting classes this past Wednesday when they had their signing day. Uh, so th- things are really really looking up at at the moment for um, for you know everything on the diamond and on the basketball court. So excited about that. Obviously, we'll get to the South Carolina Vanderbilt football game a little bit later. Uh, the, the, the way this show is going to go, at least for the remainder of football season, especially on these Thursday night shows, is we're going to do a lot of SEC um, whip around because obviously we have two sports going on right now. So um, before we get to that, um, did want to give you a couple um, a couple little nuggets here. <clears throat> Five-star um, basketball player Jameer Jones um, spent some time at South Carolina um, last week. And he um, had a really good time. He's ranked the 14th overall player in the country in the class of 2025. So Jameer Jones, a small forward, six foot six, 210 pounds, goes to Oak Ridge High School out of Orlando, Florida. Uh, 24/7 Sports has him ranked 28th overall as a four star, and the composite has him ranked 14th in the country and a five star player, which is awesome to see. Uh, Lamont Paris make some headway here. He did mention. Uh, Gigi Jackson playing at South Carolina and definitely wanted to see what everything was about, um, knowing about Gigi's experience. Um, he saw how the, the basketball team practiced in preparation for their season opener against USC Upstate. Um, he said it was a lot of fun. Um, he has a great relationship with the coaches, and he's definitely going to come back. So we'll be on the lookout for the next time Jameer Jones is on campus. I mentioned this earlier, but um, Gamecock Softball did sign the 11th-ranked recruiting class in the country. And um, obviously the Gamecock Softball team, you know, 
had an opportunity to beat Florida State, um, who I think ended up winning the, the softball championship last year in the NCAA tournament. So nice to see the the Lady Gamecocks on the on the diamond sign a good class. Um, looking at women's basketball, Don Staley announced that she signed two five-star players, um, Madison McDaniel and Adele Tak, as part of the 2024 recruiting class. Um, really excited to see these guys, see these girls in action. Um, Madison McDaniel is a five foot nine guard. Um, Don says, I love a point guard who plays to make others better without sacrificing her own talent as a playmaker. And Madison is that Staley said she has court vision and the ability to shoot and get to the rim. But we, but, but what sets her apart is that she makes good decisions in the moment and has team success as her top priority. Madison has been well coached and played an elite level. So I know that she fits our culture and the fans will love watching her play. Um, for those of you who don't know, Don Staley calls the women's basketball um, supporters fans, not fans. They are part of the family. Uh, McDaniel is rated as one of the top point guards in the country and the 12th overall player in the 2024 signing class, according to ESPN. As a junior, she averaged 18.6 points per game, 5.4 assists, and 5.2 steals per game. Um, so... Really good player there, and then um, the last one is Adele Tack, six foot five post player. Um, Don said Adele's interior presence and high motor allow her to impact the game in so many ways. She's more than a gifted basketball player, though. She's an exceptional person who we look forward to having in Columbia. I know the fans will fall in love with her too. Uh, she's rated among the top five post players in the country, ranked thirty third overall in the twenty twenty four class against, according to ESPN. Um, she was ranked as high as number 12 in the country before she sat out the 2022-2023 high school season with an injury. Um, since returning to the court over the summer, she um, has you know have her she has her high school team ready to make a run in the state championship. In her first varsity season as a sophomore, she averaged 14.1 points and 8.8 rebounds per game to help lead South Grand Prairie to a Class 6A state runner-up finish. So, Don's bringing in winners and bringing in great players and. And we know that um, that will continue as long as Don Staley is the coach at South Carolina, which we hope is for a long, long, long time. Uh, Joyce Edwards is the other name to know when it comes to women's basketball recruiting right now. She's a consensus top two player in the country out of Camden, uh, probably down to LSU, South Carolina, and Clemson to an extent. But I, I ultimately, I ultimately expect her decision to come down to LSU and South Carolina. I think it's too close to call right now. Um, so we'll, We'll be on be on watch for her. She can still sign up until I think next Tuesday. So um, be on the lookout for Joyce Edwards, and hopefully she will join the Gamecocks and continue this run of dominance in women's college basketball. Uh, the final South Carolina injury report for the football team before Vanderbilt. Um, Shane Beamer said that offensive lineman Trey Jones will be out for Saturday's matchup, as well as running back to carry on Joyner. Who um, Joiner suffered an ankle injury against Jacksonville State. Beamer also mentioned that tight end Trey Knox was questionable to play after missing last week's game due to a hamstring injury. Um, so, Kaysen Henry's not going to play as well. He'll be out this week. Um, looking through here. Um, later later on, at, I guess Shane said that uh, Carrion's not going to play this week. Juice is not going to play this week. Trey Knox will play. Ja'Kai Moore and Vershawn Lee are, are good to go. Um, none of those guys are probably 100%, but they are good enough and available on Saturday if we need them to be. Um, 
yeah, just looking through this, I mean, you're not you're never going to get you're not you're not going to get much um, from Shane on injuries, and he can be um, vague on injuries to a certain extent, and when guys are going to come back. But that's all that's all gamesmanship, and it's what a head coach should do. So I'm not mad at Shane about that. Um, looking at this, um, Shane says got a big challenge, um, coming in with Vanderbilt. They are a, a team very much like, like us last year, very opportunistic on defense. They're second in the SEC in takeaways right now. Only one team in the conference has forced more, tur- more turnovers than they have. Offensively, they turned the ball over a lot. That has kind of been the, the story of every game for them, but they've essentially been in every game. Had Georgia down 7-0 earlier. You watched them against Auburn last week. Auburn really didn't do much offensively against against them, except for two big runs they had for touchdowns in the first half. This is a team that is a challenge because of how opportunistic they are on defense and they have weapons. I have a ton of respect for Coach Clark and the way he continues to elevate his program. So that um, takes us through the, the first little segment on the show, um, news and notes uh, around the around South Carolina athletics. Um, we're going to start our SEC whip around, and I think the best way to do that is to um, let's just start in college basketball. College basketball plays first this weekend. So right now, um, obviously, South Carolina, we talked about, um, beat USC Upstate by a score of 82-53. to 53. I thought some of the, the big takeaways there for the Gamecocks were they – and the first, the way that I look at basketball and the way that Ken Palm looks at basketball is you kind of break the game into four quarters, kind of like the women's game, but obviously in men's, it's a continuous 20 minute, 20 minute running clock for both halves. But in the first 10 minutes, first quarter of the game, Gamecocks outscored USC Upstate 18 to 9. And in the last quarter of the game, they outscored them 22 to 9. So I always like to see when teams start fast, finish fast. Um, that's how you hold on and you beat a team by, you know, 29 points. Uh, South Carolina, it was pretty much Michi Johnson and Talon Cooper who led the way. Um, each of them scored 15 points. I've said it numerous times. I think that this um, Carolina basketball team is going to go as far as the guards take them. Uh, I think that Talon Cooper had a very good introduction to Gamecock fans. Um, he had, what was it? He had seven rebounds, three assists, 15 points, shot three of five from the three-point line. Talon and Michi combined to shoot... Um, five for seven from the three-point line. Gamecocks as a team shot 54.5% from the three-point line. That's obviously not going to happen every game, but it is good when it happens, and um, Gamecocks will definitely take it. A much bigger test coming up for South Carolina um, Friday night against Virginia Tech. Um, We'll talk about that preview a little bit later in the show, but we'll continue our SEC whip around. Um, Right now, when you look at the Southeastern Conference and, and basketball, Ken Palm has it ranked in order of predicted finish. Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Florida, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt bringing up the rear as things sit one game into the season for each of these programs. Uh, We'll just take a quick look at what everybody did um, throughout the SEC this past week and there will be more games coming up this weekend. I'll look and see if there are any notable games um, that we can talk about around the SEC when they're, you know, if they're not playing a cupcake. We'll talk about that just just briefly. Uh, Tennessee, who Ken Palm has ranked ninth in the country, defeated Tennessee Tech eighty to forty two. Uh, looking at that game, Tennessee Tech is probably one of the worst teams in the country. Um, so don't take much from that. Um, Tennessee kind of started slow 
were only up nine to six at the end of like that first kind of quarter we talk about, but but finished strong to to end the second half on a thirty-two to six run to close that out. Uh, Tennessee had some balanced scoring. They had three guys in double figures. Uh, they um, gave up. They scored one point one eight points per um, possession. Only gave up point six two points per possession. So uh, Tennessee did, did what Tennessee does. They're they're really really well known for their for their defense. Uh, looking at Tennessee's next game, um, Friday night or Friday they do play Wisconsin. That game is at Wisconsin, and um, Tennessee is actually predicted to lose that game by a score of seventy to sixty eight on Ken Palm, but. Um, that should be a good one. I don't know exactly what time that game is. Let me see if I can find that for you. Um, Nine o'clock tonight on Peacock. You can watch Tennessee at Wisconsin. So maybe that game will get you started. You can watch the first half, get a feel for an SEC opponent um, playing against a quality um, Big Ten opponent there, and then prime you prime you up for the Gamecocks playing at nine thirty. Alabama defeated Moorhead State one hundred five to seventy three. Uh, Moorhead State is kind of a um, a bottom third team in the, in the country. Looking at it, Alabama had one, two, three, four guys in double figures. Um, obviously, put up a, a lot of points. You know, 105 points. They at the end of the first quarter, as they were up 37 to 15, and then the game kind of got balanced after that. Um, so Alabama started out strong, never really had to look back. Uh, Alabama did have. Uh, let's see, what is that? That is 40 rebounds in the game, and um, they held Moorhead State to 29, so plus 11 rebounding margin there, which is always huge when you're looking at, um, you know, what to expect with, um, you know, how teams perform. You want to look at their shooting percentage. You want to look at rebounding, uh, especially offensive rebounding. But we'll talk more about that as the season goes on. Arkansas defeated um, Alcorn State 93 to 59. Um, Arkansas next plays Gardner Webb. Alcorn State is kind of with that. You know, bottom two-thirds of the country there. Looking at that game, Arkansas had one, two, three guys in double figures. Um, so Arkansas did what they should do. It's one of the downsides, you know, for the opening opening night in college basketball. There's really not that many premier games. Um, and the next one, Kentucky didn't play a premier game. Uh, Kentucky beat New Mexico State, which New Mexico State has been good in, in prior years, but just not so much this year. They won 86 to 46. I want to take a quick look at this. Um, looks like they really, really pulled away in the second half. At the end of the first half, Kentucky was only up by eight points. So uh, Kentucky picked it up in the second half. Uh, looking at DJ Wagner um, and Rob Dillingham and Justin Edwards. They got a lot of a lot of freshmen on that Kentucky team this year. They all had good um good opening nights. So Kentucky. We'll see with Kentucky this year. They're, I think they're going to have some ups and downs. Probably the biggest game in the SEC, um, Auburn lost to Baylor by a score of 88-82. to 82. Um, This is a game that I actually did watch. Uh, it was kind of the only premier game on Tuesday night. Uh, Auburn pulled away from Baylor to end the first half, and it was kind of a nip-and-tuck game after that with Baylor really coming on strong in the um, – the last part of the second half, I, um, Auburn just had no answers for Baylor at the end of that game. Auburn did have three guys in double figures. Uh, they got 38 rebounds, and actually, um, so did Baylor. So, really evenly matched game. I think Baylor just uh, maybe had a little more grit and determination towards the end, a little more will to victory. 
But Auburn's still a really, really good team. Looking at Auburn, they actually – so Friday night they'll play southeastern Louisiana. But then they'll follow that up on Thursday, November 16th um, with a game um, against Notre Dame on a neutral court. So that'll give you a, maybe a little bit of preview of the Gamecocks against Notre Dame later in the season and also also Auburn. Um, funny enough, Wednesday, November 29th, Auburn also plays Virginia Tech. So Gamecocks have some overlap with Auburn. Maybe they'll be able to get some stuff on film for that Auburn that Auburn series. And it's always nice to com- compare um, like to like there. Texas A&M beat Texas A&M Commerce 78-46. to uh, Texas A&M Commerce is probably one of the worst teams in the country. Um, what's notable about this, though, is that um, Texas A&M had three, four guys in double figures, um, but they kind of, same kind of thing, they kind of dominated in the first half and, and then um, kept it going in the second. But they do have Ohio State um, Friday night um, as well. I got to see what time that game starts. Um, let's see, what time does that game start? But um, they're projected to lose to Ohio, Ohio State 70-69, to 69, according to Ken Palm, a true coin flip game, 50%, 50%. And that game will be played at 7 p.m. So, yeah, a couple opportunities there to, to watch some um, teams that the Gamecocks will play in the future play against quality opponents. And Tennessee at Wisconsin at 9 o'clock and Texas A&M at Ohio State at 7 p.m., um, we'll get to a couple more of these games here in a little bit. But Mississippi State defeated Arizona State, a Power 5 team, 71-56. to A really good win there for um, Chris Jans and his Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, this was a game where Mississippi State pulled away at the end of the first half and just pretty much um, played balanced basketball the rest of the way. Um, they kind of gave up a little bit of points towards the end of the game, but they had enough to win. Uh, could have been a 20-point type win for uh, Mississippi State, but ends up being a 15-point win for the Bulldogs. Florida defeated Loyola, <clears throat> uh, Maryland, by a score of 93-73. to Loyola is another one of those teams that are probably one of the worst teams in the country. Um, but Florida does have Virginia. Um, they play Virginia Friday. Uh, that game is at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network, so a lot of good basketball here. Um, coming up for SEC teams on on Friday, um, really excited for that. Let's look over here at LSU. Uh, LSU stomped Mississippi Valley State. Not going to go into too much detail here. Mississippi Mississippi Valley State is also one of the worst teams in the country. Uh, Missouri beat Arkansas Pine Bluff one hundred one to seventy nine. Again, um, not really a, a quality opponent there that um, you want to think too much about but they uh, Missouri does play Memphis on Friday as well so just so many quality games that um, you're going to see in the in the SEC uh, coming up on Friday night Um, basketball is here Uh, really excited for that Um, Georgia lost to Oregon 82-71 on Monday Um, Oregon's probably a top 40 team in the country Um, Jermaine Cousinard does play for Oregon a familiar name for um, for Gamecock fans he's still playing college basketball and he's still at Oregon uh, Friday, they play Wake Forest. They're projected to beat Wake Forest by four points, according to Ken Palm. Um, I will 100% be pulling for Wake Forest. Um, that is where B.J. Mackey is now as an assistant coach. And always love B.J. and, and hope that they can get that win over Georgia. I know he's, he's going to want that one pretty badly. Uh, Ole Miss defeated Alabama State only by 10 points. Um, so maybe some, maybe some trouble in paradise for Chris Beard. I'm now accepting that Ole Miss job. 
Um, he should have the opportunity to right the ship. They don't play anybody with a pulse until November 28th um, when they play NC State, and then they'll also play um, Memphis um, Saturday, December 2nd. So let's keep our eyes on Ole Miss and keep our eyes on, on Chris Beard because um, Chris Beard is not afraid to come into South Carolina and, and North Carolina and recruit guys for Ole Miss, and he's going to could potentially be a thorn in the Gamecocks' side going forward. Last team that we got to talk about um, when it comes to <coughs> excuse me, SEC basketball is Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt actually lost to Presbyterian College at home by a score of 68-62. to 62. Um, Vanderbilt did have a number of players that were out for that game, so don't, don't write it off so badly that they lost to PC, but it's still a game that they should have won. They were favored by 18 going into it. So Vanderbilt 0-1 in the conference. Um, looking at the rest of the SEC really quickly. Um, let's pull that up really quick. Um, every team in the SEC is still undefeated, uh, except for Auburn and Georgia and Vanderbilt. So good on the Gamecocks there. I guess we'll go ahead and preview tonight's game against Virginia Tech. And I'm going to go to BartTorvik.com because I think Bart Torvik does a really good job along with Ken Palm. Um, and we're going to look at the analytics here. Um, in this particular game, uh, Ken Palm has Virginia Tech winning by one. Um, Bart Torvik has Virginia Tech winning by six. Um, Bart Torvik predicts a 73-67 to 67, um, victory for Virginia, for Virginia Tech. And um, Ken Palm predicts 72-71 to 71 for Virginia Tech. Uh, looking at Virginia Tech right now, um, the top ten projected contributors go Hunter Cantor, a uh, 6'3 guard, a senior, um, 14, they're pre- predicting 14.2 points per game for him, three assi- three rebounds, two assists. Uh, Sean Padula, another uh, junior guard, six foot one, big time scorer, 16 points, three um, rebounds, three assists per game. And then the only other person they have um, in double figures is Robbie Buran. Um, he's a senior, six foot nine, from 11 points, 5.6 rebounds per game. Outside of that, it's a lot of it's kind of like South Carolina. You just get points from from different places. Uh, Mike Young is a fantastic coach. Um, I I have the, a world of respect for for Mike for Mike Young. I think that this will probably be um, a really solid Virginia Tech um, game a Virginia Tech team for him. Um, I think that the Gamecocks are going to have to have. I, well, I'll be interested to see how both teams shoot the ball coming out. It is a late tip off, um, nine thirty. Um, long day waiting for such a big game. Uh, so I wish I could be in attendance tonight. I will not be in Charlotte for this game. Um, and in my preseason prediction, I kind of stuck with the analytics and said that I thought that South Carolina would drop this game. Uh, the key for me is just which guards play. Both, both guards are going to play great. I mean, I'm, I, I expect both teams to have excellent guard play tonight. I think the biggest question is going to be, you know, are they going to, can South Carolina win the rebounding margin? Um, South Carolina needs to out-rebound Virginia Tech tonight. Um, they need their shots to fall. Anything that you can get out of Stephen Clark, Josh Gray, and Benjamin um, Bosman for Donk, um, that's a plus. Um, B.J. Mack, we'll see what he can do. I mean, he's 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 he seems like a pretty good player to me. I mean, I think I don't think he's a, a, a rock star or anything, but I, I think that um, the Gamecocks have a chance tonight. Let me see if I can find that actual line. I don't I don't know if I've seen a line for that game yet. Let me pull that up for you. NCAA men's. 
scores. Let's go to SEC, and we want tonight. Let's see. Virginia Tech is a five and a half point favorite um, against South Carolina tonight. You'll be able to watch the or Friday night. You'll be able to watch the game at nine thirty p.m. Friday on ACC Network. Um, the game is being played at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. The over/under is set at one hundred and forty-one point five points. Um, oftentimes, you're going to see these opening lines, especially beginning of the season, really reflect um, what the the Ken Palms and the Bart Torviks of the world um, see as happening. So, right now, I I think that I would probably lean to take South Carolina uh, plus the five and a half points. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I don't know how the Gamecocks will play in a close game, so that's why I'm predicting Virginia Tech to win the game. But I would love to be pleasantly surprised tonight. But I think it'll be a good game, a good test. It's the type of it's the ty- type of game that doesn't hurt you um, if you're looking at an NCAA tournament bid. Um, it's going to be a, a, probably a quad one game at the end of the season. A uh, big opportunity for the Gamecocks tonight if they can get go ahead and get a quad one win, lock it up now, and, and start piling those up once they get into into SEC play. Um, Gamecocks will have a chance at NCAA tournament this year, I think. Um, I predicted 19 and 12, 8 and 10 in the SEC, and I predicted them to make the NIT this year. So, if you guys missed my predictions before, that that's my prediction. But let's go Gamecocks. Let's let's hopefully get a win tonight in Charlotte and start the season two and zero, um, and move on towards the rest of the season. And there's some big games coming up. Um, you know, just previewing the next couple of games. Um, Gamecocks obviously play Virginia Tech Friday night. Then they play VMI November 13th. DePaul, um, November 17th out in Phoenix. They will play the winner or loser of the Grand Canyon-San Francisco game, which I think is another opportunity for a sneaky, sneaky quad um, win um, there. I I like the Gamecocks to win that tournament. I don't think they'll have a problem with DePaul. DePaul struggled in their first game this year. Um, I I can't remember if they won or they lost that one, but Notre Dame only won by six points in their, um, their first game, so... Gamecocks have an opportunity to 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 um, string some wins together, and it all starts um, tomorrow night against Virginia Tech. Whoo! So I'm happy to have um, <laughs> I'm happy to have two sports right now, but it's just a lot that we have to talk about. I see how um, JB, JC, and Phil do this um, for three hours a day, five days a week. A lot of stuff to talk about. So let's go ahead into our SEC whip around on the gridiron last week. Uh, probably the marquee game of there were probably two marquee games um, when you look at uh, last week in the SEC. Uh, Missouri traveled to Athens. Um, Georgia was a fifteen and a half point favorite. Pretty good game here. Uh, tie game at halftime. Uh, Georgia outscored um, Missouri by eleven points in the third quarter. Uh, kind of kept everything even. Georgia kind of just slowly constricted and and just. Um, overpowered and outwilled Missouri towards the end of the game. Georgia ended up winning the game 30-21. to So um, Missouri covered the spread there. Uh, Brady Cook had a decent day. Uh, 14 of 30, 212 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. But Georgia has one of the best defenses in the country, so I'm not going to knock him too much there. Uh, Cody Schrader, another game, another 100-plus yards rushing. I'm uh, just really impressed with that kid, and, and overall, I'm very much impressed with Missouri this season. I haven't given them too much credit, but I think it's time to give them some credit. Uh, Georgia, Carson Beck, uh, dark horse, dark horse for a Heisman. I'm just saying. Uh, 21 of 32, 254 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. 
Uh, Georgia piled up 131 yards on the ground. Um, just Georgia's a good team, and you're going to have to beat Georgia. They're not going to beat themselves this year. So I like both of these teams going forward. I think they're going to represent the SEC very well in the postseason. Uh, for Missouri, dashes their hopes of, of you know potentially winning an SEC East championship, but they go to seven and two on the season, three and two in conference um, play. Georgia nine and zero on the season, six and zero in conference play, and Georgia continues to be the class of the SEC East. The other kind of primetime game and the big big game in the, in the Southeastern Conference um, featured LSU traveling to Alabama. Um, Alabama was favored, I believe, by three points in this game. Alabama won the game 42-28, to but it was a heck of a fun game for about two and a half quarters. At the end of the first, at the end of the first half, the score was tied up 21-21. At the end of the third quarter, Van, I mean, not Vanderbilt, Alabama um, grabbed a seven-point lead. Um, held LSU scoreless in the fourth quarter. Um, Jaden Daniels got hurt in this game. Um, don't know if that would have changed anything. I think that Alabama kind of had control of the game at that point. But Alabama added a touchdown in the fourth quarter, um, won by 14 points, 42-28. to 28. Uh, Jaden Daniels thought he had a really, really good game. Um, I love this kid. Um, I wish that he would get more Heisman buzz. I think he deserves it. I think that um, – I, I like him a lot. If the if the NFL is going to draft um, Lamar Jacksons and Justin Fields and and all of these athletic, you know, Mike Vick esque um, quarterbacks, I think that Jaden Daniels deserves a, deserves a really you know opportune shot in the NFL because he's just a gamer. He just plays his heart out every single every single time he steps on the field. Uh, Jaden Daniels also had 11 carries for 163 yards and a touchdown. I uh, can't say enough about Jaden Daniels. Um, Alabama, Jalen Milrow uh, just continues to get the job done for, for Alabama. Uh, 15 of 23 in the air for 219 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And um, he did add 155 yards on the ground and count them. One, two, three, four rushing touchdowns. Um, Alabama scores six rushing touchdowns in the game. Um, Alabama is really creeping up on everybody's college football um, playoff list. And I think right now, and I think somebody maybe might have been on ESPN said this. I, I read it on a different message board, so I want to make sure I give credit to the poster. I can't remember his name. It's from you know a national board, but you know I think that when you think when you when you talk about the college football playoffs, like same as last year, like nobody wanted to play Alabama at the end of the season. I think right now nobody would want to play Alabama um, right now to go have an opportunity to play for the national championship. I, I think that it's going to boil down to Alabama and Georgia in the in the SEC championship game. I think the winner, I think the winner definitely goes to the college football playoffs. I don't think the loser can get in. I don't think you're going to see the SEC have the opportunity for for two teams in the college football playoffs. But if Georgia if Georgia runs the table going into the SEC championship, Alabama runs the table and and Alabama wins in narrow fashion over Georgia, I think I would be hard pressed to leave either of those two teams out. Um, that's just me. Um, going looking at that, just my my take on it. I think that um, right now, SEC clearly has two of the top four teams in the country. Um, despite the the national polls and the and the college football playoff rankings. Um, a weird one here. Um, Ole Miss defeated Texas A and M at home by a score of thirty eight to thirty five. Uh, Texas A and M had an opportunity to kick a field goal as um essentially the last minute of the game to to force overtime. 
Uh, the kid missed the field goal. Ole Miss held on to win by three. Um, good game, wild game towards the end. Um, it was kind of a, a snooze fest in the first quarter. Um, Ole Miss was up seven nothing. Um, ended up um, being up twenty to fourteen at half. And um, Texas A&M really fought back in that in that fourth quarter to score 14 points to get themselves the opportunity to force overtime. Um, it was not meant to be for Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M, Max Johnson, 31 of 42, 305 yards passing, a touchdown, an interception. Um, A&M had 152 yards running the ball. Uh, Jackson Dart for Ole Miss had 387 yards in the air and two touchdowns. Um, Ole Miss had 131 yards on the ground. Just a, a real, it was a fun game to watch. Um, looking at the what it looks like the rest of the way for both these teams. Um, Texas A&M drops to five and four overall and three and three in, in the SEC. Ole Miss uh, moves to eight and one and five and one in the SEC. So don't look now, but Ole Miss is having a pretty good year. Um. Not going to spend too much time on this next one. Uh, Tennessee defeated Connecticut 59 to 3. Just, yeah, moving on. Um, one of the better games of the day, and I'm happy for, for all those Arkansas Razorback fans out there. They finally got their first win in conference play. Uh, defeated Florida 39 36 in overtime. KJ Jefferson um, and Rocket Sanders finally kind of had their, their, their day in the sun this year. Um, really, really happy for Arkansas. I'm not going to go too much into this one. Um, Graham Mertz continues to do what Graham Mertz does. 26 of 42, 282 yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, Florida, I mean, this seat has got to get pretty hot here coming up for, um, for old Billy Napier. Uh, Arkansas is now three and six, three and six, um, and overall and one and five in the conference and Florida is five and four on the season and, um, three and four in conference play. You know, you look back and you you really just wish the Gamecocks could have found a way to hold on to that victory over Florida and Williams Bryce because it would just be a tale of two seasons for those two programs right now. And Florida and South Carolina have kind of been foes for a while now, and um, it's interesting to watch the dynamic of two third-year coaches and you know what's happening there. Or I, I can't. This is Billy Napier's third year. Maybe it's his second year. I can't remember. Uh, Auburn defeated Vanderbilt uh, by a score of 31 to 15. Um, Auburn was up 17 to seven at halftime. Um, tacked on f- um, 14 points in the third quarter. Um, Auburn, I mean Vanderbilt scored eight points in the uh, second half. Game was never in question. Um, Auburn, Peyton Thorn, 194 yards through the air, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Auburn piled up 230 rushing yards. Uh, Vanderbilt had um, Ken Seals at quarterback, 16 of 29, 160 yards, a touchdown interception. Uh, Vanderbilt managed exactly 100 yards rushing on the nose. And um, that's really all we're going to say about that game. Uh, Kentucky and Kentucky, Mississippi State. Kentucky dominated that one. Kentucky won 24 to 3. Kentucky is now 6 and 3 overall, 3 and 3 in the conference. Uh, Mississippi State is 4 and 5 on the season and 1 and 5 in conference. Uh, Gamecocks have Kentucky coming to Williams Bryce Stadium in two weeks. So, uh, well, I guess not two weeks. Uh, so you got Saturday, a week from Saturday. So Gamecocks need to get this win against Vanderbilt. We'll we'll dive into that one right now. It seems like the right time to do it. Um, let's pull that up right now. I haven't looked at the at the latest line. I was on um, 
JB and JC and Phil's show on Wednesday, and I think JB told me the line was, at that particular point in time, the line was 13 and a half. And I said that I feel like a lot of Gamecocks are, are betting against the Gamecocks. I'm watching them play this year, and that's what moved that line. But, yeah, right now, um, obviously, South Carolina is 3 and 6 overall, 1 and 5 in the SEC. Vanderbilt is 2 and 8 overall and 0 for 6 in the SEC. South Carolina is a 14-point favorite in this one, and the over-under is 57.5 points. Uh, so let's do that math really quick like we do every single week here. Um, looking at a score of Gamecocks 35-ish and Vanderbilt 21-ish is what Vegas is saying. I'm not going to dig too deep into Vanderbilt. They are not a fantastic football team. Some people can argue that South Carolina is not a fantastic football team. Uh, Vanderbilt offense turns the ball, turns the ball over um, a lot. Um, yeah, they force some turnovers on their own end, but uh, Gamecocks have got to. Let's just say the turnovers are a wash. The Gamecocks turn some over. Vanderbilt turns some over. Um, you just can't let Vanderbilt get momentum in this one. Um, Gamecocks have got to come out strong. This is a game where I would go. I'd buck my trend of saying if South Carolina wins the toss, I think that they need to elect to receive the ball to start the game. I think the Gamecocks need to set the tempo early. I think that Mario Anderson could have a potentially big game on the in on the ground here. I think Spencer Rattler should be able to do whatever Spencer Rattler wants. I think the wide receivers are getting somewhat more healthy. Xavier Leggett should have a field day in this one, uh, and I, I kind of like that thirty-five twenty-one ish number. Um, just going off what Vegas has right now. Um, if I'm making a prediction on this game, I'm going to go, let's see. Let's go Gamecocks. We'll go Gamecocks 30, Vanderbilt 17. So Gamecocks 30, Vanderbilt 17. Um, I think that they'll knock off some rust. I think that the Gamecocks will find a way to let Vanderbilt score maybe a, a cheap one late to make this game look a little closer than it actually was. But I think that Gamecock defense is going to have to show up at some point. And thus far this season, they continue to take bad angles. They continue to miss tackles. And this is an opportunity where Vanderbilt's not going to do anything fancy. They're not going to trick you. Um, This is just SEC football. You know what to expect. Be better than Vanderbilt. That's just the bottom line. Be better than Vanderbilt. Um, It would not shock me to see South Carolina exercise some demons here. Um, you know, back at williams Bryce Stadium for back-to-back weeks. They're kind of feeling good being back home. Uh, I think that Josh Simon can potentially get loose in this game. Uh, you know, without DeCarion in the, you know, playing this week, I think you might see some DJ Braswell as well. I think that, you know, can provide a little spark. DJ Braswell is a really fast kid, so if they can get him up to speed and moving, um, Gamecocks could potentially have a really big day on the ground against Vanderbilt. Um I wouldn't be surprised to see South Carolina exercise some demons here and, and win this game 49 to 7. Like that that that's within that's 100% within the realm of the realm of possible outcomes. But um, until I see it I got a hedge on South Carolina. South Carolina 30, Vanderbilt 17. Final answer Regis, I just won a million dollars. Um I will not be betting this game, I can tell you that. Um if I had a lean, I would be betting South Carolina minus the 14. Um, if you you know did have a lean here gambling, you probably wanted to jump all over that minus thirteen and a half you saw earlier in the week. Uh, looking at Vanderbilt's schedule, you just kind of we'll talk a little bit about what they've done lately. Uh, lost to Wake Forest by sixteen, lost to UNLV by three, 
lost to Kentucky by 17, lost to Missouri by 17, Florida by 24, Georgia by 17, lost to Ole Miss by uh, 26, and lost to Auburn by 16. So, yeah, I'm saying about a 13-point 13 13 win for the Gamecocks. Uh, they've given up over 30 points to every single team they've played this year. So maybe I'm low. I mean, I think Spencer Rattler is probably one of the best quarterbacks they've faced all year. Um, I think that, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I mean, I think that 30 points is the bare minimum. Um, they have not scored more than, um, let's see, in the last, I mean, they've scored some points against some teams. I mean, they scored 28 against Kentucky. They scored 21 against Missouri. Maybe I'm too low. Maybe this needs to be like a 45 to 28 game. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I'll, I will be at the game, so um, I'll see everything right in front of me. Uh, the seats that we're in are a 30 rows up, so I'll have a good vantage point. Um, we'll talk all about this game on Monday. Um, so looking at let's let's take a let's let's move on from the predictions. Let's close let's close this show out. Uh, the way we close this show out every single um, Thursday night is we look at the football games for top 25, top 25 opponents this week and um, try and make some gambling predictions. So um, going into last week, um, I was 23 wins, 18 losses, and three pushes, so up a, a positive five units. I promptly gave four of those um, units back <laughs> last week. Um, well, I should say three of those units back. Um, looking at last week, I had Rutgers plus 18 and a half, um, against Ohio state, Ohio state won by 19. So that one was tough, a tough pill to swallow. I did have Missouri, um, plus 15 and a half points. Um, that one hit, um, I had LSU plus three. I really probably bet with my heart there on that one. Um, they lost by 14. So that was a miss. Um, I had Notre Dame minus three. Um, everything told me that game smelled was stinky. I should not have, you know, put that out there into the into the universe. Uh, but um, Notre Dame ended up losing that game by eight points and gave those um, damned old Clemson Tigers some hope up up, up there in Death Valley. So um, hopefully that is not a um, catapult for Clemson the rest of the way. Um, so missed that game, and then I had Texas A&M money line. So I thought Texas A&M would would beat Ole Miss outright. Um, they end up losing the game by three. So for the season right now, um, yours truly is 24, 22, and three, which means I have won 24 of these gambling picks, lost 22 of them, and pushed for no result on three of them. So we will go around um, the college football landscape. Um, we usually focus on top 25 teams because top 25 teams are the ones that um, are on your television set. Um, throughout this throughout the day on Saturday. So um, looking at this, the, one of the biggest games of the week is Michigan at Penn State. Uh, Michigan is a four point favorite in this one, and Michigan has probably played the most fundamentally sound offense and defense in the country. I think the statistics back it up. Uh, Michigan is a daggum good team. Um, this is probably their biggest test of the season going to Happy Valley. Um, I watched every second of the Penn State-Ohio State game a couple weeks back. Um, Just so happens my sister-in-law's family are huge Ohio State fans, so I was spending time with my brother and his wife, and we watched that game, and Penn State did not impress me. 
Um, you know, tough, tough place to play though, um, at Ohio State in Columbus and in the horseshoe. So I, I feel like I have to make a pick on this one. And in this one, I think that Michigan is just taking a big middle finger to everybody in college football right now. And I think that Michigan gets it done on the road, sends a message. I will take Michigan minus four um, this week. That'll be my first pick. Um, Alabama at Kentucky. Alabama is an 11 point favorite. Um, this game just looks really fishy to me. Um, it's one of those games I feel like I should stay away from. Um, and I, and I probably will, if I had a lean, I would take Kentucky plus the 11. I don't know why it doesn't make sense. And because of that, I would not put my money or anyone else's money on that game. Uh, looking around here, some other big ones, you got Utah at Washington, uh, Washington is a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, Tennessee at Missouri. Tennessee favored by two at Missouri. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take. Um, I'm gonna take Mizzou here. They might have a little bit of a um, of a letdown after you know going to Athens and, and competing pretty hard. Uh, Tennessee just had a um, easy easy game for them. They won fifty nine to three. I think that Missouri's probably probably a better team than Tennessee, which I didn't think I was going to say at the beginning of the season. So I'll take Missouri plus two. I'm not mad at you if you want to take Missouri money line to get a little bit more um, positive return on that bet. Um, Iowa is a one-point favorite over Rutgers. Wow, look at Iowa back in the top 25. Um, <laughs> the best thing about Iowa games, and this is fantastic, Iowa is a one-point favorite in a game that has an over/under of twenty-eight and a half. It, you're, it's just screaming like take the take the over twenty-eight and a half, but can't do it against Iowa. Can't do it against Iowa. I'm staying away from that game. Can't do it. Um, got Ole Miss traveling to Georgia. Uh, Georgia is an eleven-point favorite in this one. Whew. Um, Ole Miss just had a nail biter against Texas A&M. Georgia's been on cruise control this entire season. I don't know how many how many games Georgia's actually covered this year. Um, interesting line, Georgia minus eleven. Oh, um, it's just begging you to take Ole Miss plus eleven. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Georgia minus the eleven. I think that Ole Miss has been a lot of smoke and mirrors this year. I don't think that they are that good. So give me Georgia minus eleven. Georgia wins by fourteen to twenty points in my mind. So that's three of our games down. Um, I don't know if um, Jaden Daniels is going to play this week um, against Florida. Um, it looks like he is because LSU is a 15-point favorite. Um, yeah, go ahead and give me LSU. I don't even care. LSU minus, minus 15 there. Um, we'll take them over the Gators and Baton Rouge. Um, you can find that game at 730 on SEC Network. And the last game that we will take this week you know what? Call me crazy, but I'm taking Southern Cal. Taking Southern Cal plus the 15 and a half points. Change a defensive coordinator for the Trojans. Um, this game's at 10.30 p.m. on Fox. Southern Cal needs to right the ship a bit. Um, give me Southern Cal plus 15 and a half. That's just too many points to give. Um, that's too many points to give Oregon. So we'll see how all this plays out this weekend. Um, really quick, let me run you through the the SEC schedule. I forgot to do that a bit earlier. 
Uh, 12 o'clock on SEC Network, you have Vanderbilt traveling to South Carolina. All eyes will be on that game for us Gamecocks. At 12 o'clock on ESPN, you have Alabama traveling to Kentucky. Alabama is an 11-point favorite. You can watch that game at noon on ESPN. The 3.30 CBS game this week is um, Tennessee at Missouri. Tennessee is favored by two. Uh, 4 p.m. on SEC Network, you have Auburn uh, traveling to Arkansas. Arkansas is a two-point favorite, so don't look now, but here come the Hogs. Um, At 7 o'clock on ESPN, you have number nine, Ole Miss, um, versus number two, Georgia. Georgia, as we just mentioned, is an 11-point favorite. 7 o'clock on ESPN is your your, um, game time and channel for that one. At 7.30 p.m., on the SEC Network, you have Florida traveling to Baton Rouge, and LSU is a 15-point favorite. And then at 7.30 on ESPN2, uh, you have Mississippi State traveling to College Station to face the Texas A&M Aggies. Texas A&M is a 17-point favorite in that one. Uh, kind of interesting that Florida LSU is on SEC Network and Mississippi State, Texas A&M are on ESPN2 at the same time. Hmm. Just interesting there. But... Well, everybody, I appreciate it. I appreciate you joining me. As I say at the end of every episode, I'm so thankful for you guys and gals giving me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. And I never take it for granted. I'm so excited to have this opportunity to to visit with you all at least twice a week, oftentimes three times a week if you hop on to uh, JC, JB, and Phil's show on Wednesdays. So thank you to everyone who listened. I hope that everyone has a fantastic weekend and go Cox.